What's up, human? Welcome to the Revenue Real Hotline. I'm Amy Rohovchek. More importantly, I'm excited you decided to join us today. I know you've got a ton of options and I appreciate you. This is a show about all the hard and uncomfortable conversations that arise while generating revenue and how to think or rethink what you're doing, why you're doing it, and then of course, how to execute differently. And like I said, I'm happy you decided to come along for the ride. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen so you can be notified each time a new episode drops. And do me a favor, friend, don't tell anybody about the show. Let's keep it our little secret. I'm Amy Rahovchek. This is the Revenue Real Hotline. Enjoy. Jonathan Mahan, welcome to the Revenue Real Hotline, sir. I, for one, am I'm, I'm honored and excited for this conversation. So thank you for making time for us, friend. 100%. I love, uh, I love talking about uncomfortable conversations, having uncomfortable conversations, and really just being real in a way that Oftentimes society teaches us we shouldn't. So we shouldn't. I'm, I'm, I'm here for this. <laughs> what about practicing uncomfortable conversations? Do you have any thoughts about that, sir? <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll come back to that. Everyone, Jonathan <laughs> Mayhem started uh, with Jordana Selden, who is also fabulous. The Practice Lab. On top of being an exceptional human, card-carrying member of Team Human, husband, father, AE, full cycle AE, and now co-founder of The Practice Lab. So again, thank you, Jonathan. All right. Why don't you give our listeners just a little bit of an overview of who you are and what you're currently doing right now, and then we'll dive right in. Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, I'm on a full cycle AE. I have been in sales for about eight years, about four of those in like B2B tech sales. Mm-hmm. Although I actually recently just transitioned. I just described myself as a full cycle AE, but I guess that's not true as of two weeks ago. Okay. So they actually moved me into like a upsell focused role a little okay. while ago, which is kind of cool. So I'm getting Amazing. my first, you know, uh, experience kind of working the, the post-sale side of things. Yep. Yeah. And as you mentioned, I also co-founded the Practice Lab, right? It's a place where salespeople can come together to practice their selling skills in the same way that other disciplines, performers, actors, musicians, et cetera, practice theirs. Uh, and that's been loads of fun and I'm sure will continue to be you know, even more fun as we really get things moving uh, in this next year. This is amazing. You're speaking my love language. Perfect practice prevents poor performance, friends. That was something like, remember Bart Simpson writing on the on the chalkboard, right? Yeah, that right. was one that is still drilled into me to this day. Perfect practice prevents poor performance. Perfect practice prevents poor performance. Okay, Jonathan, let's not bury the lead here. Why don't we start? Let's just dive right in. What is the most uncomfortable conversation that you've ever had to have in a revenue context? So two come to mind, and it's hard to say which was the more uncomfortable. One was my very first B2B tech sales job, I had to have a conversation with my manager because the company was rolling out some initiative and some program that I had real serious reason to believe would absolutely flop. And I didn't really know how to handle myself in the conversation. And in retrospect, I did not go about it the right way. I basically said like, no, I'm not doing this. This is bullshit. You're wrong. I never had an experience like that. So, so that that was pretty uncomfortable. Um, that led to me being denied a promotion that I was slated for that was planned because oh, they were like, wow, ouch. I can't really, this guy doesn't follow orders or instructions. This yeah, guy's a, a, a wild with card. The vision. Yeah. So there was that one that was kind of uncomfortable. I didn't expect it to be uncomfortable. I just kind of like went in there and started talking and put my foot in my mouth. And in retrospect, I was like, ooh, there's like 10 other ways I could have done that better. Mm -hmm. Um, The other one I knew going into it was going to be very uncomfortable. This was a company I'd been at where um, I don't even know, I don't want to go like too much detail uh, and bore people. But basically the CEO of a small company, he and the head of sales weren't really getting along seeing eye to eye. There was some tension between the CEO and the sales team in general. I wasn't necessarily a part of that, 
but I was certainly aware of it. And then the CEO says, Hey, we're about to start ramping things up. We're about to put you in the field to start talking to more customers. But first I want you to come mock demo me and give me a pitch to make sure you're good to go. And this CEO, you know, was known to be very, very, very particular and have a very particular style and a very particular way he liked things done. And if you didn't do it his way, then he didn't like it at all. So I knew going into this, this is going to be tough, right? I, I had gotten some training. I'd been having some customer calls, but like being a new company, they really didn't have much training for me. Um, I basically just like shadowed a few folks, taking down notes of what I heard them saying. And then I would say the same things on calls I'd heard from them. So I really yeah. wasn't very well trained. I wasn't very experienced. Now I'm going in to like pitch the CEO to get, you know, quote unquote certified or get a stamp of approval before they start really setting me loose in the wild. <laughs> so I knew going into it, that was going to be very uncomfortable. Right. Um, and it was horribly uncomfortable. Why? So like prepping for it, of course, was tough, right? I knew what it was up against. I knew how important this was. I knew I couldn't oh, blow it. for this one. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I had to like really practice with managing my own emotions, probably more than I've had to before. When you have mm -hmm. like a week leading up to this and you know it's happening in a week and you have to like, yeah, practice your pitch and try to anticipate any, you know, curveballs you might throw your way. And all of this, knowing that in the moment, you're probably going to be feeling all sorts of fear and nervousness and emotions, which will cloud your thinking. Mm -hmm. And you're like, all right, I'm thinking pretty clear right now, but how is it going to be when I got the CEO in front of me and I'm nervous? Will my brain still function well then? Mm -hmm. So the prep was uncomfortable. And then once we got into it, it was a fucking train wreck. So this CEO, while he did some sales for the company in its early days and isn't totally outside the sales loop, um, has certainly never like led a sales team or been a sales trainer. First off, he had us like role play the whole thing, including discovery. And personally, I think in most cases, you don't role play discovery. Discovery is such a unique animal. You can't recreate it in a practice little setting or a lab setting um, in most ways. So we had us role play discovery and he did a terrible job. I, or maybe it was his tension, but basically he role-played the asshole customer who in reality, 10 minutes into the call, you'd be like, you know what? I'm sensing this isn't a fit. You seem to really not like what's going on here. Let's go our separate ways. Yeah. And in your head, you'd be thinking, I don't want to fucking sell this to you. You're yeah. such an asshole, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's who he chose to role-play for this. Mm -hmm. So that was rough. And he kept saying things that, you know, in all the calls I had watched and all the calls I had taken, I had never heard. In my entire sales career, I had never heard. I was like, what are you doing? What is your goal with this? This isn't at all realistic or even similar to what a real prospect would do. And the way he would react and the questions he'd ask and the way he'd respond to my answers, it was all like intentionally just being a rude, abrasive jerk and not a, at all attempting to follow the real patterns of a real conversation. So I got thrown for a loop there. The discovery portion was a wreck. So I eventually just said, hey, let's just talk about our services, right? And I just jumped in and I kind of delivered the pitch the way I'd been taught to deliver it. And I did fine, right? I was nervous and frazzled, so I'm sure it wasn't my best work. But I basically delivered the talking points I was supposed to. And he literally cuts me off before the conversation's even done, mm -hmm. saying, this is just terrible. We need to stop. We'll okay. talk next week. And he cuts the call. Okay. So that was very uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, man. So many things that you said there. And also, I love how you brought in the word practice to your stories about uncomfortable conversations this time that you had practiced it, because I think that there's some wisdom in that. Let's do the first one. What did you learn from the first conversation? Right. And I think you said it, which is that you didn't prepare. Well, I don't, I don't think I prepared in the right way. I prepared okay. my talking points of like, okay. here's why this is a dumb idea. And here's why I won't do it. Like that logical side. Yeah. I didn't prepare the people side of like, mm. what mindset my manager be in? Mm. How will he respond to this communication? 
What's a way I can share my vision with him that won't trigger defenses on his end? Mm-hmm. I really wasn't thinking in those contexts. I was just like, here, let me just lay out an ironclad logical explanation as to why I'm not going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and surely he'll recognize the, the soundness of it. He'll be on board. Logic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I didn't prep for that part of it. Okay. And I re- ended up raising a lot of his defenses and, of course, um, causing problems that way. You know, one of the best pieces of advice that I was given while selling, specifically replacing another piece of technology, is that someone somewhere, probably a bunch of people inside the organization, made the decision to buy that tool. And they're invested in that decision. And no matter how long ago it was, like it may not be logical or whatever, but I... Figuring out early on in the motion who those people were so that you can be very delicate in how you communicate with them in particular, because nobody likes to hear that their baby is ugly, as they say. Now, Jonathan, this was an expensive lesson, though, because we missed out on the promotion. But I got I think the question that everyone is dying to know is, was the did the idea work or were you right? It was a catastrophic failure for exactly the reasons I laid out. Mm-hmm. It was like I was a script writer writing the script and then mm-hmm. they played out the movie with the script I'd written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was entirely right about everything. I never got an apology when I told you so, or I never gave the I told you so, and they never forgave the apology for it. They just ignored it and moved on. Um, oh so yes, again, I was, I was logically right about what I was saying, but the presentation was, was all wrong, right? I'm yeah, sure I triggered a lot of defenses in my manager by attacking their idea. Now I realize human beings tend to be our most cooperative and bring our best selves when we feel like we're in control. When we feel like we're starting to lose control is when we start acting ugly sometimes. I notice this as a parent, right? Like Mm. I can be a really calm parent when I feel like I got things out of control, but when I suddenly realize my kid has some type of leverage over me and I don't actually have control over the situation, Mm. I start freaking out, right? So a lot of times when it comes to a leadership dynamic too, leaders are worried about whether or not they have control over their team. Mm-hmm. And when you come as a team member and say, hey, you know that thing you told us in stand-up we're going to be doing? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Suddenly the leader feels a loss of control and that really gets under their skin. So in retrospect, I should have found a way to present it in a way that wouldn't trigger defensiveness, wouldn't make him feel like he was losing control, right? That would still get my message across. Um, But like I said, I didn't even really think on those levels. I literally just thought about the logical argument for why this was wrong. And I didn't think about the delivery and the human component of how my message would be received. That wraps another installment of the Revenue Real Hotline. I'd like to thank my guest for being so damn real and for sharing their insights and for, of course, being so much fun. And I'd like to thank you too, listeners. It means the world and I appreciate you. If you have any thoughts or comments or experiences you feel inclined to share, head straight over to revenuereal.com. There's a new join the conversation feature on the right side of the page. I am all damn ears. Final thought, we are introducing a coaching aspect to the show. So anyone who's brave enough to dig into an account strategy or outbound strategy sesh, that's where we kick things off. Please do follow the show wherever you listen to your podcasts so you'll always have the latest episode downloaded. If you want to contact me, I'm at amy at revenuereal.com. If you want to follow me on social, Twitter is amy underscore Rahovchek and LinkedIn is linkedin.com backslash amy Rahovchek. This episode was produced by the fabulous Nian Fiedler. You rock, man, and I appreciate you too, friend. And of course, whatever you do, don't tell anybody about the show. Let's keep it our little secret. 
Until next time, all, I'm Amy Rahovchek. This is the Revenue Real Hotline. Happy selling. Happy selling.